Yoko Shinner from Miyoko's Kitchen makes delicious dairy-free cheese and milk products. These are ideal for you to add into your paleo or low-carb diet if you are sensitive to dairy or just don't want to eat dairy products. Here's Miyoko's story. Good morning, Miyoko, and welcome to the Low Carb Paleo Show. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. And it's lovely to see both of you on this lovely sunny day. Oh, it is indeed sunny over here too. I don't know where you guys are, but it sure is beautiful and sunny here in California. Yeah, it is beautiful here too. But they say it's going to rain tomorrow, so we'll, oh. we'll enjoy today. And uh, so thank you, Miyoko, for being with us. Uh, your friend, your friend Madeline from Nutpods told us about your wonderful products, and we. Um, wanted to discover more of it. So you are the founder of Miyoko Creamery, nut-based cheese and other related products. That's Can correct. you tell us? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can you tell us about your personal path until, um, you know, now? Yeah, I've been interested in food and cooking and health since I was about 12 years old. And um, I'm actually um, sort of an unprocessed food vegan. Um, so I eat a diet that's pretty heavily, um, you know, plant-based, vegetable, lots of veggies and fruits, um, legumes, and uh, I gave up dairy um, over 30 years ago. I think dairy is great food if you're a baby cow, but I don't think it's meant for humans. Um, so, um, but I was a huge cheese addict um, earlier in my life, and I wanted to be able to find. Um, really wonderful, unctuous, uh, decadent cheeses that um, I could enjoy. And so it was sort of like a lifelong journey for me to create them. Um, I've been in food my whole life. I've owned restaurants, manufacturing companies. I've written five cookbooks. And creating a line of beautiful cheeses that you could enjoy uh, on a Friday night with a glass of wine was um, sort of very high at the top of my agenda, and I just wanted to. Be able to do that. So the last ten years or so, I devoted, I kind of devoted my life to really creating beautiful cheeses. So how did uh, the nut-based cheese come up? Idea. Well, you know, yeah. So um, it's something that I started playing around with uh, many, many years ago. I had a restaurant in San Francisco in the 1990s, and we were creating cashew-based cheeses back then. Um, but they weren't fermented. And then, um, you know, I think the real key is, is using traditional dairy cheese making techniques of fermentation, aging, brining, et cetera, and just applying it to other plant-based milks like nut milks. And nuts are great because they're high in protein, they're high in fat. And basically, they replicate dairy in so many ways. So if you just apply those uh, traditional techniques to um, nut-based milks and creams, you can replicate dairy cheese very easily. Right. So the secret is in the fermentation. It really basically. is. Yeah, yeah, it's really in the fermentation. And also, it's, it's fascinating because we don't add flavors to our cheeses. Um, you know, we, a lot of um, non-animal-based uh, cheese companies use natural flavors to create you know, Swiss or cheddar flavors, etc. We don't do any of that. So we rely entirely on the type of culture we're using to create those flavors. Okay. Uh, and by mixing up the, the cultures, the lactic acid bacteria profile, 
you can actually get different flavors. Yeah, I like this um, this tangy flavor of your mm -hmm. cheese. Yeah. By the way, uh, my mm -hmm. favorite cheese of yours is the spicy smoked. Oh, Revel okay. smoked Revel, yeah. Yeah, crock uh -huh. cheddar. That's uh -huh. my favorite. I, uh -huh. I use it on gluten-free crackers and uh, uh -huh. love it, loving it. Um, so would you say that your cheese qualifies as uh, paleo? It definitely is paleo um, because it doesn't have, you know, it's low in carbohydrates. Um, it's made out of nuts, which, of course, are uh, a favorite food of um, paleo enthusiasts. Um, it's not processed. Um, it's, or it's very minimally processed. And, I, and it's really important that we eat a diet that's as little processed as possible. So other right. than pro, uh, pureeing the nuts, um, it's all, the, uh, all the flavors are derived from natural fermentation, um, which also increases the um, ability for us to be able to absorb the nutrients in the nuts. Um, right. So. Absolutely. So yeah. is... Um so, so you're saying that's basically it's also aged like regular cheese? Yes. Yeah, so not all of them, but some of the harder cheeses are Mount Vesuvius Black Ash or Smoked Farmhouse. Um, these cheeses are aged for a, uh, a minimum of four to six weeks. So they're actually Great. in an aging room, developing flavor, changing in consistency and texture. This is a great idea to combine mm -hmm. the traditional cheese technique with the uh, with the vegan uh, nut base. What other diet do your cheese qualify for? Um, well, it, the, so other diets that the cheese would qualify for would be vegan, vegetarian, lactose intolerant, um, you know, uh, just gluten-free, um, egg-free. Of course, it's not nut-free, but there, it is devoid of many allergens. Um, you know, I guess the only thing I would have to say is, as human beings evolved, we definitely ate nuts. Uh, that was one of our main sources of energy. Um, yeah. But we probably didn't eat as many nuts because, you know, if you remember back in the day when we were younger, also, you'd sit around the Christmas uh, fire uh, cracking nuts. You know, you'd have your nutcracker and you'd have to right. break open the walnuts or the almonds or whatever. And so you could yeah. only eat a few of them. Yeah. So, you know, I would guess that as we were evolving as a species, also, you, you know, you gather nuts and then you'd have to crack them with a big nut, with a, a rock or something. So we probably right. couldn't just like shovel them in our mouth as we do today. That's so true. I do feel so, like, yeah, it's something that is, cheese is something that, you know, we probably should limit. Um, if you think about evolution and, and how we evolved and what we actually ate, you know, we weren't shoveling nuts in our mouth. So I think judicious use of nuts and nut cheese is a good idea. Yeah, most like everything yeah. else. Uh, everything yeah. in moderation, enjoy yes. it, you know. And uh, how many flavors do you offer? Right now we have about, uh, we have 12 regular items. And then we have like the Spicy Revolution uh, crock cheddar that you had is a limited edition product. And so mm -hmm. we sell um, in stores across the country. We're in about uh, 2,500 stores right now, wow. uh, in increasing all the time. And we also have an online business and we really love our online business because it allows us to connect with our customers. And that's where we introduce new flavors and do beta testing and see what people like. So for example, you got the spread, the, the spicy cheddar spread. Mm -hmm. um, that was um, kind of like a beta product just to see well, if people liked well, it or not. So what is, yeah. For, 
For what it's worth, this one's got my okay. two. Okay, okay, great. Okay. <laughs> and uh, which one is your favorite? Or do you um, have like, it's like, a, like your children, you cannot have favorites? That's right, you can't have favorites, but I do have favorites. Um, I really like the Mount Vesuvius black ash. And then we have a seasonal item that we only sell um, during usually late spring uh, to early fall. And that's called the Loire Valley in a fig leaf. Um, oh, it, really, it has nothing to some, do. I want yeah. some of that. <laughs> it's, it's like a, a chev. It's like a fresh chev that's wrapped in a wine macerated fig leaf. And it's right. just got these elegant floral notes. I absolutely love that cheese. You sound like a wine connoisseur as well. I am. I do love. I do like my wine. I like my wine and cheese. Yes, I do. Okay. Are you, are you sure yeah. you don't have a little French blood in you? <laughs> well, we we are making. We have a vineyard at our house. Uh, my husband's a gentleman farmer, so we put in a vineyard, and we're going to be making um, some Pinot uh, Noir here. Um, so definitely, um, you know, I I think I've learned a lot from the French. I've I've. I used to adore French cooking, and when I learned how to cook in my 20s, um, I read um, all kinds of French cookbooks. Um, I was a vegetarian at the time, but um, I cooked everything that had lots of heavy cream and heavy and dairy and eggs in it initially, yeah. just to learn uh, French cooking techniques. And then I applied all those techniques to um, plant-based ingredients, yeah. um, to heavily replacing the dairy with nuts. So right. I was cooking with cashew cream 30 years ago um, and then um, using coconut oil as a butter replacement. And yeah. we, we, Miyoko's Kitchen actually does make a fabulous European-style cultured vegan butter. Um, so so but, yes, uh, yeah. but, but, yeah. but nowadays you can even use uh, nut pods uh, creamers, right? You could use nut pods creamer, and that is a wonderful alternative uh, made out of almonds and and it's just it's so much easier rather than if you don't want to have to make your own you know you can yeah, just buy yeah. it. and it's what i really love about madeline's product is that it's shelf stable yeah so you're not having to buy it out of the refrigerated case i think no, not only that you know. but it it to to my french palate it tastes almost like exactly like milk or cream it, yes. it, it doesn't yeah. have that i mean yeah some people love this uh, nutty flavor from like a nut not milk, but I was, I was really surprised how similar to milk or cream it tastes. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have that that vegan flavor, so to speak. You yes, know, which yeah. Some people don't don't necessarily go for that. That's right. So, I think yeah, I agree. It's it's very neutral. Um, right. In terms of uh, that sort of flavor profile while adding right. richness, so. Right. Um, so, I mean, but that's yeah. not that's not about this. Is not about her products. It's about yeah. you. So, yeah, no, but, what, yeah. <laughs> what other products do you offer? I, I understand you have something different than just the cheese. Well, right now we are concentrating on replacing dairy products. Um, so we have uh, also a wonderful mozzarella that melts beautifully. Um, so, if you were to make a gluten-free crust, um, you could have your own um, pizza. Right. Um, and we have that in a new flavor. It's a smoked mozzarella that's fabulous. So having that sliced, um, you know, with tomatoes and avocado inside of a sandwich or something like that is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. And the mozzarellas melt beautifully. Um, they're made out of a, um, a combination of, of cashews and coconut oil. Um, we're a certified organic company, so 
Um, all of our cheeses are certified organic as well, too. Um, so that's a really great option um, for not only paleo, but vegan, vegetarian, lactose intolerant. Um, you sh you uh, should get together yeah. with uh, another one of our guests, uh, Paleo Pizza. Oh, wow. That would, that be, would great, be fun. That would great be. Great combination, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we just had our mozzarella in a gluten-free magazine. Um, okay. You know, so... Um, it, it's it's really wonderful because there's so many allergies today, and um, you know being able to provide products that answer uh, the needs of people that are wanting the traditional foods but can't have them is, is a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Now I understand you're an award-winning um, your products are award-winning products. So can you brag a little bit about them? Sure. So when you know when you go out and you make a vegan product and take it out to the marketplace, you think that you know it's only going to be the hippy dippy vegans that buy it. But um, we've actually won a lot of mainstream awards. We um, our Mount Vesuvius Black Ash uh, won a Sophie Award. And this is an award given by the Specialty Food Association. So this is for sort of high end artisanal products, um, and I think they had like two thousand uh, submissions. So we were really honored to. Um, uh, Win that coveted award. We also won a Nexty Award for our European style cultured vegan butter. And this is an award presented at Expo West, which is the largest trade show in the natural foods um, arena. Right. Um, so put on by New Hope Media. So this is a, another big mainstream company. Um, we we've won two Veg News Awards um, for favorite artisanal cheese. Um, we've also we just also won. Um, can't remember the name of it. There's a magazine called Delicious Magazine, and it's found in a lot of natural food stores, Whole Foods. It's a free magazine. And we just won the Best Bite Award for our smoked farmhouse. So we've been in business for uh, under three years now. We've only been in business for about two and a half years, and we've won a whole host of awards from organizations that are not you know, necessarily vegan or vegetarian, but just yeah. um, foodie sort of organizations. <laughs> Yeah, um, I tell you what, uh, I teach uh, vegetarian and vegan uh, at the local um, culinary school, and I'll make sure once the, the show is put together, I'll make sure my students know about your products. Oh, well, thank you. So yeah. not only for themselves, but also mm -hmm. for their clients, because they go mm -hmm. out and be private chefs. And, right. You know, so that'll be another, another outlet to mm -hmm. not to know that you need it. Yeah. Um, speaking of which... Um, so your products are sold online, and which uh, like big names grocery stores are you in? We're in Whole Foods uh, on the west. Uh, we're in Trader Joe's with our butter. We're in Wegmans, uh, Rayleigh's, uh, Publix. Um, there's uh, we're going to be rolling out later this year into a lot of the Kroger banner stores like Ralph's, King Super. Um, we're in New Seasons, PCC, um, so we're in a lot of stores, a mostly natural channel, but we're also in some of the um, specialty and high-end supermarkets like Wegmans and Rayleigh's and so on. Great. So, yes. It sounds like you're doing very well. Uh, I have a bad joke coming for you. Uh, how early do you have to get up to milk those uh, almonds? <laughs> Actually, I don't know. If you can see behind me, you'll see a picture see, of a yeah. couple of goats. Do you see the yes. goats there? Yeah. So I actually get up early because I have a farmed animal sanctuary. And yeah. I, I rescue goats and cows. I have two cows, two dairy cows. 
so they don't get milked. They were actually rescued from the dairy industry. Um, and so I do get up very early, not to milk them, but to shovel manure and feed them and take care <laughs> of them. So that's how my day starts. Um, but we, sounds, yeah, like, we, yeah. sounds like fun. Nothing like uh, getting up and uh, smelling manure in the morning, right? Oh, I, I love it, actually. Um, they're just so funny and playful and loving. Um, you know, so once, I really do believe, once you show animals love, they, that's all they want. They want love more than anything else. They're just like our dogs and cats. And, yeah. um, you know, when I walk away from the barn in the morning after feeding them, you know, my, one of my cows is so loud. She's like, Moo! Moo! she just goes crazy. She's like, come back here. Don't go away. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, you know, we humans have to go to work, but yeah, they don't, yeah. they don't yeah. understand that. Yeah, well, of course they have, they have a good life as long as yeah. they're away from all the, the, the crazy industrial side of things. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, I hear that baby goats are very playful. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. They're very playful. Um, they're, they're really crazy, too. You know, and we have all these climbing structures for them. They love to go on the seesaw. They, like, they love to teeter-totter, go yeah. back and forth. And so it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of physical labor on a daily basis, just you know, nice. lifting bales yeah. of hay and doubling manure. Wow. It's, it's fun. I can't imagine. I, I hear those are pretty heavy. That's your daily exercise, living. What, what are they, uh, each one? 30 uh, pounds, 50 pounds? Oh, I would, yeah, I would say definitely, you know, about 50 pounds. And then, of course, the bags of, you know, feed are 50 pounds each for the chickens. Um, so it's real functional fitness. I used to do a lot of CrossFit, but I don't have time to do that. I mean, I, I you know, still do it a couple times a week. We have a, a, a gym in our barn, so we have weights and pull-up bars and kettlebells and so still try to do a little bit but i would say mostly you know it's functional fitness because yeah. I, I actually have to do physical labor yeah every it's, day so yeah it's the same as uh, working yeah. in the kitchen you don't yeah. need to go pay the you know uh, yeah. health club you get your right. exercise from lifting pots and pans and right and all that yeah. um well mark your turn Obviously, you've been um, vegan for a long time, and if I understood it right, you were vegetarian beforehand. That's correct. Yes. Now, I've got quite a few friends who are either vegetarian or vegan, and I find they generally fall into two camps. There are those that are very healthy, and there are those that are, really seem to be sick all the time. Now, the difference is the healthy ones have educated themselves about good nutrition. Now, I'm guessing that you must be in that camp you've taken the time to educate yourself about good nutrition yeah I, I would definitely agree you know i think it's really just a matter of eating um unprocessed food real food and you can you know be a junk food vegan or a vegetarian or you can be a junk food omnivore yeah. so it's really not a matter of whether you're vegan vegetarian or omnivore but whether or not you're a junk food person or a real food person Right. Yeah. And, you know, so I think we, you know, we've evolved to a point where it's, it's fun to eat a donut once in a while, but you don't feel very good when you do. So, you know, it's really important that we're eating whole foods, whole real food. Hmm. That's so, key, I think. So after, after all that preamble, the question is, mm -hmm. how have you found your health has been since you've been eating good non-junk food, if I can put it that way? Well, I can't say I never eat junk food, but... Um, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, I'm, 
I definitely have a lot more energy than the average person. Um, and, um, you know, I can just, I go, go, go all the time. As I said, I get up early in the morning to shovel manure. Then I, I run a company and I come home late and I still have more work to do. And I travel constantly for speaking engagements and things. So I'm constantly on the go. Um, I did catch a cold about two weeks ago. My first cold in a couple of years. Um, so, you know, even vegans do get sick occasionally, um, nothing serious, but you know, I haven't had a flu in 30 years or something, but I, the reason I went vegan 30 years ago was actually because, um, when I was in my twenties, my stomach hurt all the time. And I thought that was just normal that your stomach was supposed to hurt. And then someone said, well, maybe you're allergic to dairy. And so I gave up dairy and my, my stomach didn't hurt anymore. Um, you know, as it turns out, 80% of the population in, in the world has some sort of dairy intolerance because really milk is for baby cows. It's not really meant for us. You know, we had milk as babies from our own mothers and, and, um, beyond that, you really don't need dairy. And if you think about it, um, a hundred years ago, the average American ate something like, uh, 10 pounds of cheese a year. Today, the average American eats something like 120 pounds of cheese a year because it's so much more readily available. You know, trying to get milk from a cow is actually quite a difficult endeavor without industrial agriculture. Um, first you have to, um, you know, if you just leave cows alone, they're not going to produce babies on a yearly basis. Um, so you have to artificially inseminate them. They do that once a year. And then after the baby is born, if you let the baby drink the milk, then you can't reserve any for yourself. So you have to take the baby away and raise the baby in isolation. And that's the only way you can get produced the uh, amount of milk that we're producing. So if you think about, you know, old Bessie, um, 100 years ago, the cow that you had in your backyard, if you, if you took a, if you, uh, if you just left her uh, to get impregnated by the local bull, she wouldn't get pregnant every year. So milk was a luxury. It wasn't something you had all the time. Um, because they, you know, cows only give milk once they're pregnant and have had a baby. And that doesn't happen all the time. So, you know, it's the fact that we consume so much dairy in this country is really abnormal, even from the point of human evolution. Um, so it's, it makes sense that so many of us have a dairy intolerance. Um, anyway, so that was the primary reason was that just giving it up really improved my health. Um, and then over the years, I learned about the ethical issues um, surrounding the dairy industry. And that, of course, you know, solidified my belief that uh, it's not something that we should be consuming. Good job. So from having found it suits, how can I put that, the way your body works, mm -hmm. you obviously went on and you educated yourself about how to eat as a, you know, properly as a vegetarian and a vegan. Did you find that there was a lot of information available or did you have to search for it or if you like discover things as you went along? Well, when I went vegan um, back in the 1980s, um, there really wasn't that much information um, about it, you know, and there was no such thing as the internet. So I had to rely on books and I um, really just kind of ate a whole foods diet. So I ate the things that came naturally to me, a lot of uh, produce, a lot of, you know, I did, I ate a lot of grains, a lot of um, beans. Um, and honestly, I didn't think too much about it, um, but I really just tried to concentrate on things that I thought were nutrient rich. So a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit, um, those were kind of mainstays, uh, definitely ate nuts. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, that's evolved over time, but 
Um, initially, when I went vegan, I was also trying to prove to the people that it could be a cul culinarily, if that's a word, uh, it could be very exciting that you could produce rich French style food. Because as I mentioned earlier, I love French cuisine um, using completely uh, vegan uh, ingredients. So that was really um, the reason I wrote my first cookbook. It was really to, to show people that a, uh, a delicious vegan diet was possible. You know, a delicious vegan food was indeed possible of a very high order. Um, and so that's when I really started exploring using nuts. And I think I've, I've cooked with a very heavy concentration of nuts for a long time because that's the way you produce those rich flavors. Mm. And uh, that's how you go nuts. Yeah, I've, I've gone nuts. <laughs> I, I've totally gone nuts, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, can you tell us about your, your cookbook? Because we haven't, I didn't even know you had the cookbook. Uh, yeah, so I have five cookbooks. Five, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. so my, my most recent cookbook is called The Homemade Vegan Pantry. Um, and it, it really shows you how to make everything from scratch. Um, uh, even things like ketchup and mustard and, and, uh, and uh, your own bouillon. Um, right. And, you know, and soup. And it's got everything in it. Meat substitutes, desserts, your own cake mix, your own pancake mix, your gluten-free buckwheat pancake mix and things like that. So there's a lot of stuff in there. So these are staples that you would make in larger batches and keep in your home. So they're sort of unprocessed, wholesome, healthy staples. Right. Um, and the, the book I wrote prior to that was called Artisan Vegan Cheese. And that came out in 2012. And that really sort of um, was the start of my whole um, the cheese business. After I wrote the book and, and it became very popular, then um, people just said, you know, why don't you just start a cheese business because all this fermentation and aging is really time-consuming and I just want to buy your cheese, so please make it. So that's, that's how the, the cheese company started, was from that book. Right. Um, and then I had three books that I had written earlier as well, too. So those are my two recent books. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted my students to hear mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Super job. Yeah, one of the things, again, I, I found... Um, lacking for many vegetarians and, and vegans is they, they run out of energy. So really? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Junk food yeah. diet, just pile in the bread and the carbohydrates. If you're in paleo or low carb and you eat lots more fat, where do you get your energy from? I get my energy just from eating whole foods, I think. Um, yeah, specifically. Though. What types yeah. of so I, I do eat grains um, and I eat whole, I try to eat whole grains. So I do eat, uh, you know, um, brown rice and, and I'm Japanese. So I grew up eating rice, uh, quinoa and, and things like that. I eat a lot of beans um, where I, you know, that's where I get a lot of my protein and my fiber. Um, and um, I eat a lot of vegetables. Um, you know, I'll often eat veggies for breakfast. Um, so typical breakfast for me might be something like a, a smoothie in which I add chia seeds and hemp seeds and flax seeds um, and vegetables and fruits. I do a lot of foraging around my, my yard, so I might go outside and pick some sorrel and, and chickweed and mint from my garden or just growing wild. Um, I'm kind of crazy. I'll forage like my goats. I've tasted a lot of the grasses they, they eat, including willow trees, which are really yummy, actually. Um, so, and, you know, dandelions, I forage a lot of that stuff. My husband does the same. We put it into our smoothie for breakfast. Um, I also eat um, grains for breakfast with vegetables. So I might have like a big pot of veggies 
and uh, or I might have just beans and rice. Um, um, but and I eat nuts, of course. Um, right, you so, get energy from yeah. the the fat from the nuts fats as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely eat nuts every day. Yeah. Um, nuts and seeds, you know, right. a, lot, a lot of seeds. So chia, and flax, miso soup as well. I eat miso soup. Yes, I do. Um, a lot of fermented foods. It's interesting um, in Japan. I don't know how it is today, but years ago, the Japanese health ministry had their own version of you know the food pyramid or the four food groups. And but it wasn't the food pyramid. They actually had about thirty different groups you were supposed to eat from every single day. Wow. And it included things like fermented foods. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just a very different way of, of, you know, you're trying to eat from a wide variety of sources on a daily basis. And that's really, I think one of the keys to help is making sure you're not eating tons of the same thing. I think what we do in yeah. this country is we just eat a lot of bread, you know, and yeah. that's like, that's all you eat. Um, and you have bread for breakfast, you know, toast and the eggs, and then you have a sandwich with a piece of ham in it for lunch. And then, you know, dinner, you have, you know, garlic bread with pasta or something. And so you're just right. eating a lot of the same stuff. You're eating a lot of wheat or something and mostly processed wheat, which isn't, you know, it's, there's no nutrients in it at all. Right, right. So, so it's, I think it's really, if you just think about eating as much variety as possible, eating, you know, 10 different kinds of vegetables every day and sea vegetables and, and nuts yes. and seeds and lots of different fruit and, and things like that, then you're going to get that you're going to get um, nutrients from a wide swath of, of, of right. food. I think that's really, that's probably how we ate as we evolved too, you know, walking around eating a little bit of this and a little bit of that or, and digging up tubers. <clears throat> and, and so it's, you know, we didn't just eat one food and, but right. we're moving to, I think if you just explore the average American diet, most people are eating like five or six different foods a day. That's it. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you, variety, yeah. variety and fresh food mm -hmm. and, um, very important also for gut health, fermented food. As yes. a Frenchman, I love fermented food. Yes. The only thing I cannot, I, I, I just can't eat is natto. Natto, I love natto. It's, uh, it's that's kind so of good for you. That it's consistency. Slimy. Yeah. Yeah, slimy, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, even in Japan, um, people, uh, it's divided between the north and the south. So you have to be a northerner to like natto. So if you're in okay. Tokyo, you love it. If you're in Kyoto, you don't love it. So, okay. yeah. But I, it's, it's I heard a, it, but I heard it's very good for your, uh, for your blood to keep your blood thin. It's, uh, actually, I've been told that if you, if you have kind of a heart disease or heart issues and you take a blood thinner, you should not eat natto or you should let your doctor know because it's known to be a blood thinner. Oh, I think it has, is it vitamin K or something? That yeah, is that, that's yeah. what's, what's yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, so instead of taking um, uh, statins, just eat natto. Yeah, you know? yeah so. but, but, but that's the thing that's yeah. uh, also an interesting, and I, I would like your feedback on that, is that um, when typically when Japanese mm -hmm. stay within their culture, they typically stay healthy. But once they come to America, then they start to get Western diseases. Western diseases. You know? mm -hmm. Right. So can you, uh, can you uh, talk about this too? Yes, that's actually well documented. Um, and um, there's many, many studies about how that has happened, but not just in the United States, but even in Japan, heart disease, cancer, diabetes are all on the rise. 
Yeah. Um, the traditional Japanese diet for hundreds of years or thousands of years was primarily grain-based, but they were whole grains. They weren't processed white. They weren't eating processed white rice. That is actually a fairly recent phenomenon. Um, for most of Japanese history, um, the average Japanese ate a lot of um, millet, um, uh, barley, um, brown rice, so they ate whole grains. And then it was supplemented by a lot of vegetables. Um, and then uh, around the, if you were living by the sea, then you ate some fish. But it, it was actually considered um, savage to eat a four-legged creature. So until about um, 150, 200 years ago, the Japanese didn't eat any animals at all. Um, they might have eaten some poultry occasionally, some you know, or fish. But for the, the most of um, their diet was predominantly plant-based um, and lots of grains and lots of vegetables. Um, and it was mostly a peasant population, and that's what they ate. Um, it really has changed. I remember when I was growing up in Japan um, back in the 1950s and 60s, um, you, know, you never saw obesity. Uh, nobody was obese. And today you go there and you're beginning to see overweight people. Um, I would say overall people are still generally healthier. They still eat fewer, um, you know, less junk food than they do in this country. But it's definitely, you know, junk food is beginning to take over. Um, a lot more heavy fried foods. Um, you know, just so the diet definitely is changing and all these Western diseases are cropping up in Japan as well, too. Um, it's, it's too bad. Yeah, we, we call that the McDonald's effect. It's yeah, the McDonald's the effect, yes. <clears throat> yeah, yes, absolutely. You know, as, yeah. as McDonald's open up, opens up into a country, you can almost pinpoint around where their stores are, if McDonald's or any other type of fast right. food. Right. Uh, the Western diet, you can almost right. target the next generation is going to start getting all the problems associated with junk food. Right. I mean, when, when, I grew up in, when I grew up in Japan back in the, in the 50s and 60s, I mean, we didn't have any dairy products at all. I, mean, I didn't drink milk. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, the very first time I had milk was when I came to the United States. And um, actually, the first time I had cheese was a pizza when I was about eight years old. And um, I just was about to throw up. I thought it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever had in my life. It just got stuck in my throat. And it was just absolutely yeah. horrible. Um, but, um, you know, today it's, it's just extremely popular um, pizza and, and anything that has cheese in it. Right. So. And, and Mark, just to um, kind of clarify, I wouldn't call it Western uh, diets, more like junk food diet, because yeah. there's Western countries that still have oh, yeah. very healthy diets. Right, like the Mediterranean yeah. diet, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I lead a, a culinary tour of southern Italy every year, and uh, I, I have for the last two years, and I'm going again this year. Um, and it's actually it's a vegan culinary tour. Um, okay. So if you go to the you know the so-called Mediterranean diet, which was from the southern part of Italy and Greece and that area, yeah. um, they don't eat a lot of um, they don't eat butter. They eat olive oil instead. Mm -hmm. um, right. They don't eat a lot of um, um, dairy at all. They eat a little bit, but not a lot. Um, yeah. And it's really a diet that is high in vegetables. I mean, they're not a, you know, just every meal we had was just, was always had beans and vegetables and, and it was just um, really fresh and, and tasty. And, um, and that's, they say, you know, um, I think it's cochina pobre, which means, you know, pet, 
or man's diet. Peasant food. Peasant yeah, food. Peasant. That's really yeah. what it is. It's yeah. the peasant food that is healthy. It's not. It's yeah. not the rich man's food. It's the, you know, no, no. We have rich diseases today. Yeah, it's it's yeah. funny because I have a little story on that. It's uh, mm -hmm. in French society also uh, after the war. Uh, the the thing for for uh, rich people in France was to eat white bread because white was more refined. Mm -hmm. But the peasant bread, the, the whole grain, was considered to be kind of gross, you know, kind mm -hmm. of like only for peasant. But now, you know, years later, now I realize that the peasant bread is the healthier bread. And it's definitely right. a lot yeah. more, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and apparently during World War II, apparently because of rationing, um, all these diseases like heart disease and uh, diabetes went way down in England yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and then after that, you know, it just went back up. So it seems like the, the lower we eat um, in terms of um, uh, processing, you know, we're just healthier all around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's without a doubt, I think, you, yeah. no matter what type of diet you have. Yeah. And, you know, I, as, as a vegan, I've always believed that, you know, because of the kind of thinking that you were saying that, you know, a lot of vegans don't have energy and they're pale and wan and, and lackluster and this sort of thing. I've always felt that, um, you know, as a vegan trying to promote a vegan diet, um, I have to be healthy because I want to be, I want to be a good representative of, yeah. of what I believe is, is, um, is good for us. Right. And I'm, I hope my I'm reaching over here because my cat is, you know, wanting to join the scene here. She may step in front of the camera yeah. any minute. Yeah. So. yeah. More than welcome. Yeah. yeah. They're always very curious, aren't they? Yeah, here she is. When, when, the, <laughs> atten when the attention is not on them, they get jealous, right? I know. Yeah, there, yeah. She there she is. There she is. She's not a vegan, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope not. And she's, she goes out and catches uh, mice all the time. So yeah. she is. Feasting on a mouse this morning, anyway. And she doesn't bring them back to you to eat. Oh my God, uh, no! She tries to show me, but it's she. Um, she's just. I have two cats, and the other one has no interest in catching anything. But this one, it just that's what she wants to eat. You know, okay, yeah. I can do that. So can hey. I come back to your product? Um, um, we know they're available in in the U.S. How about Canada and Europe? So we're, we are just two and a half years old, and we're focusing right now on getting as much distribution and uh, penetration into U.S. markets as possible. Um, there are a couple places in Canada that do carry our products, um, but we were not ready for full export until 2018. Um, we started out in a very small production facility, and we've outgrown it. And we're moving, we're uh, building a new facility um, right now. Uh, 30,000 square foot facility that we're moving into in July. So once we move there, we'll be able to ramp up production in 2018. We hope to start exporting, but we can't quite do that yet. We don't, can't make enough product. No, that's great. Plus, uh, I understand that exporting is quite complicated, right? It is, yeah. You want to make sure you're working with a good importer. But we have had interest from both uh, uh, the UK, um, actually, and France, as well as Canada. We've had many people reaching out to us from Canada. So we are hoping that uh, next year we'll be able to start exporting. I, uh, you know, because I teach at the Vegan Vegetarian mm -hmm. School, uh, I hear constantly uh, that vegan is the future. Do you see an expansion of the vegan culture and the vegetarian I, culture? 
I do. And a lot of it really has to do with the environment, the, uh, the absolute environmental uh, destruction that animal agriculture is creating in this country. Um, animal agriculture takes up over 30% of all land mass, um, is the leading contributor to greenhouse gases, rainforest destruction, et cetera. And so we really, I, I really do feel that our personal health is very important because without our health, we can't really do anything. If we're sick, even if we want to be an activist and want to believe, you know, believe in something, we, we can't do anything about it because we're unhealthy. So we do have to take care of our health, but once we have our health, I think we need to really start thinking beyond ourselves and thinking about the health of the planet and the health of other people and the health of the animals as a whole. So as we evolve through human history, my um, belief really is that we, we move beyond, we're moving beyond slavery. You know, we have women's suffrage. You know, we, we are moving beyond, and we're moving towards equality of all human beings and races and gender and uh, marriage equality. I would also hope that human beings can evolve to a point where we realize that this planet Earth is meant not just for human beings, but for all animals as well. And to um, try to uh, lead a lifestyle that shows compassion towards the other creatures that we share this planet with. And I believe that's the hope of veganism um, is something that goes beyond just ourselves and really takes into consideration that our personal choices regarding food and clothing and other things uh, might involve, um, uh, might actually impact the environment or the lives of animals or the lives of other people. Um, you know, whether or not other people in different parts of the world eat um, might have something to do with how we grow food in this country. And so to really think about things in a more holistic world manner, um, is, is going to become more and more important as we produce more and more human beings that take up more land and resources. So with all of that in mind, you know, I really do believe that veganism is the future. Um, and you can be a, a vegan paleo enthusiast as well, too. There are, there's, there's even a cookbook called the uh, Paleo Vegan or something like that. So it is possible to do that, um, you know, for your own personal health, if that's what you want to do. But I think it's more than just our personal health. I think it's, it, veganism is about the health of the planet, the health of other people, and the health of the animals. Mm. Mm. Good job. Well, that's all the questions from my side. All righty. Did you want to add anything, uh, Miyoko? No, it was really fun talking to both of you guys, and I had no idea that you guys were in different parts of the world. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, fun. The magic, the mm -hmm. magic of the modern uh, communication. Yes, it really is. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, absolutely. And uh, just as a reminder, uh, where can we find information uh, about your products and uh, so on? So um, we can be found in about twenty-five hundred stores across the country right now. You can also go to miyokoskitchen.com to learn more about it. That's M-I-Y-O-K-O-S kitchen.com. Um, we also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, so please check us out. Look for our products, um, our nut-based uh, vegan cheeses. And um, that's about it. Thank you. Thank you again, Miyoko, for being on the Low Carb Paleo Show and sharing your story with us. And like we say in Texas, à votre santé, y'all. <laughs> okay. So, um, you got me, Miyoko. 
been wonderful chatting with you. Yeah, thank you.